Today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at SeatGeek, the best and easiest to use ticket platform out there. They take the confusion out of buying tickets using a 0 to 10 scoring system and a green is good, red is bad color rating system so you and your loved ones get the best deal possible. So whether it's going to see our beloved Red Legs at Great American Ballpark, the Bengals over at Paycor, FC Cincinnati, one of the area college teams, or pretty much anything in between, use promo code RIVERFRONT at checkout and receive $20 off your first order. Click the link in the show notes to download the app and get started. That's Riverfront, one word, for 20 bucks off. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to episode number 505 of the Riverfront, the world's most dangerous podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and, on occasion, Travis Jankowski. I'm your host, Nate Dawson, and with me this week is, you guys know who he is, he's got it, he's responsible for this whole operation, your friend of mine, Chad Dotson. How the heck are you, Chad? Don't you blame me for this mess. How dare you? How dare you? Sir, I will not stand for this slander. <laughs> you brought me into this. What's world. going on, Nate? Yeah, you. you have more than one thing to blame you for. <laughs> What's up? Um, I'm just enjoying some fall weather in Virginia, watching a good bit of baseball these days. Not our beloved red legs, but so we are used to. Um, well, there's been a lot of that. Lots to cheer for, lots to put on the TV, and I imagine we'll get to a good bit of that. But before we go any further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hammer down on that subscribe button, and we are available on all the podcast platforms because we're awesome like that. So tell your mama, tell your friends, tell the folks on your local neighborhood app, and let's keep this community growing. And speaking of community, the show seriously would not be possible without the love and support of our Patreon family. If you want to go a little deeper, help keep this ship afloat, and maybe get a few rewards and perks in the process, why not join us over at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy or click the link in the show notes. Chad, we're talking about playoffs. Have you been watching it all? I didn't even know, you know, that they actually played baseball <laughs> after the regular season ended. You know, we had it on the television the other night, and 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 my wife and I were like, well, it's not time for spring training yet, is it? What's, go- what's going on here? Um, yeah, we're watching some of it, and uh, I don't know. I, I get to this time of year sometimes, and um, this actually happens most years. Early on, I'm like, I, I, sorry, I just finished watching 162 games. They let me down again. I'm not going to watch anymore. And then I'll be like, well, I'm not doing that right now. I'll, yeah, I'll flip on a game. And then I get pulled back in because there literally is nothing like um, playoff baseball. I mean, it really just every pitch, that the, it's tense. There's so much drama, um, surprises, as I guess we'll probably talk about. But um, so, yeah, I have been watching, although I intended not to watch much of it. Man, I don't know how you, if you like baseball, I don't know. I don't know how you can stay away. Um, it's just uh, it's fun. Yeah, that's exactly right. People always talk about um, you know, soccer, football, as, as, as the sophisticates might say. Um, college football around here gets a you know, all the credit for having the pageantry and all the excitement and stuff. And then I guess college sports in general, hockey, hockey is a big one, but I mean, playing baseball is up there with any of those. You can't tell me, I mean, unless you're a Tampa Bay Ray fan, don't, 
about that. But you can't tell me that the Philadelphia fans, Citizens Bank Park has just been insane, absolutely electric. They were going nuts for a 2-0 pitch in the bottom of the first, or the top of the first, I guess, the case may be. It's wild. I um, can't help but just feel that Cincinnati needs that in a bad, bad way. They could have had it. They could have had it. They I mean, they they could have, if if anyone wanted them to have it. Uh, you know, I, I said something like that. That should be the Reds the other day, and uh, but they didn't try. You know, I said, and my wife was like, "What are you talking about? I watched those games. Those guys were trying like crazy." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, 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 hold on, you miss you misunderstand." The the team that was on the field, absolutely, they're fun to watch, and they put they left everything they had out on the field. It was. What was it all there? There were other people that weren't trying uh, to the best of their ability, but it is what it is. We're not going to relitigate that one, uh, or at least not going to, you know, get any answers on that one tonight. We so. won't. Yeah, we certainly won't get any answers. We'll never get any answers. I did want to bring up this little fly, this little slide that somebody posted on the Twitters or the X's today, and it was over the last fifteen years what every franchise has done in the playoffs, from one multiple World Series all the way down to you guessed it, nothing. And that is where the Reds and the Chicago White Stockings can be found. Quite literally, the worst franchise in Major League Baseball from a success standpoint. Well, why, why else do they play? Why else do they play? What well, other, I don't know. I, by what metrics are they not the worst? I guess would be a fun argument that I'm sure people will have. Yeah, money in the owner's pockets. They're not lasting that. They're not bottom of the league in, in money pocketed by the owners. Um or, or I should say money per, uh, you know, spent per victory. Um, that should be it. We are really good standing in the, uh, the P&L rankings, the profit and loss rankings. The Reds are doing okay. Yeah. Probably middle of the pack, if we're being honest. Yeah, right. But they're not they're not at the bottom like they are in, you know, <laughs> success metrics. You know, it's, it's even worse than that, actually. Uh, I wish I'd have thought to pull this one, but someone had the uh, – how long it had been since the, uh, the a t- franchise had last won a – uh, playoff series, and I think the White Sox hadn't won one since 2005. And uh, every team has won at least one playoff series since 2005, except for the Reds, who have not won one since 10 years before that. 1995. This is, this is why we go nuts. This is why it blows our freaking minds when there are people arguing on Twitter about whether or not they should make a move. <laughs> They're the least successful franchise. They don't win important baseball games. There are people that are passionate, diehard fans that are in their like mid-20s that have never seen one modicum of playoff success. It's complete and utter madness, and I don't get how he could be okay with it. I'm sorry. I didn't know I was going to get running so hot this early in the show. But man, <laughs> you, I watch these games, and I have friends, you know, good friends that are fans of these teams, and – they're they're so happy right now. Even the ones yeah. that lost, like getting fired up for these games, going to the local bar, putting it on. Like, oh man, I I want it so badly. As a fan, as a member of our little riverfront community here, like the people that we talk to every single day, they're hungry, man. They uh, they're yearning for it. And you know, as friend of the family, James Urban knows, you only have so many years on this earth. Like you're running out of time. So. <laughs> Yeah. Again, yeah, cheer for the Reds however you want to cheer. If you want to be whatever, if you want to say that stuff, that's fine. But I have no time for these ludicrous arguments that, oh, well, it wasn't their year. They're, they, they didn't need to try this year. Got no time for that. I'm not even going to entertain that nonsense. And if you say it to me on uh, Twitter or Blue Sky or wherever I am uh, one day a week, 
I'm just going to block you. I'm just done with it. I, I have no time for that nonsense. Well, uh, I will say this, though. You said something. Um, th- our, my neighbor here uh, from Philadelphia, big Phillies fan. We had a little a little sort of mini block party uh, event just for the neighbors uh, this week over the weekend. And so we're sitting there hanging out, and he's like, I got to go. Sorry, man. Me and my buddy are getting together. This game, the first pitch is at 6.07. I, I got to run. I'm like, oh, dude, really? Here I'm wearing a Reds cap at the time. You know, I'm like, <laughs> dude, you, you would even talk about playoffs around me? And and especially don't mention and, and uh, we started talk talking about baseball before that actually and the um, he had to drop Roy Halladay on me uh, which was not kind at all not kind also so, not the first anyway. time Roy Halladay has been dropped oh too soon sorry yeah. R.P. Roy Halladay legend legend definitely a legend but uh, yeah well, his team snuck on in last year and marched all the way to the World Series. As we are recording this, they have a could be a series clinching matchup against the Braves tonight. We'll know here soon, and they could be going back to the NLCS and potentially also the World Series. The team that they would be playing in the NLCS, you may have heard, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Snakes were the team that the Reds were really fighting with down to the next-to-last game of the regular season for that last wildcard berth. That team is now, after sweeping the Los Angeles Dodgers, playing for the National League pennant. Yeah. I don't, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than sometimes being a fan of this franchise can be extremely frustrating. And when you're that close, the way we were this year, Yes, I'm happy for the success and the fun that we had. But man, right this time of year, it is really, it's really chapping my lips. Nate, listen, you're just going to have to understand this is a, a, a true statement that we just got to accept. 2023 was never about winning. Neither is 2022, 2021, 2020, 1996, 1997, 1998, 1999. Well, 1999 was sort of about winning, except Well, anyway, whatever. I'm not going to really get that either. Um, yeah, this is what, you know, 2021 when the Reds, yeah, they were eliminated early September, but they were playing somewhat meaningful baseball into early September. So you could you didn't have to squint too hard and see a team that could maybe sneak in. But this is what I said all that uh, that uh, fall, that summer and fall. Uh, it's what I said this year, what we said uh, this summer and fall, which is all you have to do is get in this stupid tournament. Okay. Were, were the Reds, is there rock? Was their roster, especially at the end of the season, set up for October success? No. Okay. And that's, that, that, and, and that's another argument that you see. These just bad faith arguments that some of these randos on Twitter make. It's just that. Well, even if they'd have made it, they didn't have the pitching to win. What? Maybe that's c- correct. Maybe. Or maybe Hunter Green throws a no-hitter in game one. And maybe, you know, I mean, um, Andrew Abbott, uh, you know, uh, pitches lights out and you win a series. And then who knows what happens? This is this is my whole thing. If in baseball, as much as any sport, if you're just in the stupid tournament, you have a chance to win mm-hmm. the thing. And so I don't know why, not everyone. I don't know why so many Reds fans. I think we're just it's Stockholm syndrome. I think we're just beat down from years of owners telling us we're yeah. too poor to compete and just expecting that we're not going to compete. I don't know why why so many were fans were okay with the idea that well that was a good season, but you know that's enough for me. You know, they didn't need to make any trades at the trade deadline because that's enough for me. It's it's not enough for me. I, it's never going to be enough for me at this point. Oh. I was, 
endured too much. And they could have been there. They were two games away from being in this tournament. They were this close. Uh, the you know the last, next last day of the season, they had a shot at catching Arizona, right? I mean, mm-hmm. or two days. Arizona's going to serenity yeah. now. Now. <laughs> one of the things that really annoys me is when people they're saying, well, well, you guys just want to be angry all the time. You just want to be, you want to be upset. I'm like, no, I, I'm one of the happiest people I know. I'm yeah. one of the happiest people anybody's ever met, but I could be happier. <laughs> there is another level I could go. If my favorite sports franchise would, would, would just look out for me a little bit, just this once. But all right, enough on that. Can, can I can I say can I say just Please. something quickly about that? Is sometimes we do um well we we tell tell like it is. Tell the truth. I mean, it, yeah, it's it it sounds like being unhappy or whatever. The truth of the matter is, you know, when I was 14 years old, I lived and died by what the Cincinnati Reds did. If they lost the night before, I was in a bad mood the next day. Truth is, I want them to win because I want that excitement. Yeah, I've experienced it with mm-hmm. some of my other teams, and it's fun. I experienced it with the Reds as a teenager. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, at this point, I've given up. I hate to say it this way, but I've, I've given up on them. It's more of a, all right, I'm here. I've been here. You all come to me now, and when you're good again, I'll be there. You know, I like show that. me something. That's good. I like yeah. that a lot. So, anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Have you been seeing or hearing this discourse that I've, it's been popping up all over the place about how the new playoff format is bad for baseball because it penalizes the best teams? People are upset because the best teams don't advance. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, welcome to the party. I've been saying that since they first instituted the wild card. Um, yeah, that's what it's. It's not set up for the best teams to advance. That's the. That's actually the. It, it's. It's not a bug. It's a feature. That's the way it's designed. Is for teams, uh, you know, lots chaos. of teams to have have a chance. Chaos because that's what gets people watching. Uh, yeah, if you're, if you're up to me, I loved just. Yeah, for, well, first of all, see, this is old men yelling at clouds a little bit because I like the old two division format in the National League, and yeah, you know, the two teams play um, the championship series. But even the expanded playoffs when they first went to three divisions, that ended up growing on me. I loved you have three division winners. And I love having two wild card teams play a one game playoff. One game, and that's what people complained about: is that oh, one game's not enough. I don't care. You don't want to play. You don't want to play just one game to get in. Win your division. So I was okay with that, and let the you know the top seed in the playoffs play the wild card team. Whoever wins that one game, I thought that's fine. Uh, and even that is set up to at least have a chance of 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 the better teams winning, but. It's just, it's never been the case in baseball that it's never been set up for the best team to win. I mean, if you really wanted the pure, we have the best chance of having the best team to win, you go back to 1942 and you have just one le- or two leagues and the two winners of those leagues make it to the World Series. So um, I like the chaos in some ways. I do, ha- I don't like the fact that it's a team does wins 104 games or 100 games, and then they can be out this quickly. I don't like that because I like seeing the best teams play in the World Series. But also just for the, the chaos side of it, 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 this is what it's designed for. It it's, can be fun. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's my kinda, thoughts. That's kind of where I stand. I, I love the fact that, I mean, that's what the tournament's for. When the NCAA tournament rolls around, I don't want the one seeds to just run roughshod, having to lead eight all ones and twos. No, I, I would like Cinderella's. to. Uh, 
I'm sorry. Let me just say, I would like to see all the one seeds win their first game. That's all I've asked. Okay. That's, that's not, that's not too much to ask <laughs> at this point. Um, I can, I can see a grievance with the, the layoff, the lengthy layoff for division winners having five or six days from the end of the regular season to their first game. Cause baseball is a sport of repetition. So if there was a way to sort of fix that, I would support it. But for me, mostly this is an entertainment product, man. You do whatever is going to bring the most excitement. And you can't tell me that this Diamondbacks team and this Phillies team aren't bringing that. The Texas Rangers are so much fun to watch right now. If you're into the whole American League thing, weirdos. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, no, I'm, go ahead. I'm saying I'm 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 the same way. Just in terms of well, it is what it is. I, I, I'm not going to change it by whining about it. Um, let's just understand that it's not set up for the Dodgers and Braves to play in the NLCS. Okay. Um, that you know, and, and and to the argument that it's somehow unfair to them, well, you know, I mean, at some point they have to play, they have to win those games. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. win the games, yeah. right? The best baseball is hard. At, yeah, the Braves had the best offense, well, a historically good offense, and then their bats went cold. Like maybe there's a layoff issue there, sure, but the entire team just stops hitting, just hit. If you hit, we're not having this conversation. Houston yeah. Astros aren't making any complaints, by the way, as they make their like seventh consecutive ALCS. Funny so. about that, yeah. No, anyway, yeah, I, I get into the dance. It, there you go. That that's the two things I was gonna say. Number one, if it were up to me, I'd go back to some earlier version where only the better teams are getting in. But number two, you know what? The only way we're gonna get our Reds in probably is if they have this expanded playoffs, and so uh, I'm okay with it because that's it been my stance. Chance. Yeah, that's been my stance on the expanded wild card from, from day one. This team never makes the playoffs, so if this gives them a four percent better chance of doing it, let's go. I mean, what happens? Count me in. I love it. So obviously, there was not much to talk about this week, Chad. Uh, almost no news whatsoever. But we do need to touch on the fact that I'm not sure exactly when this dropped. If we got to it last episode or not, but Joey Votto has said emphatically that he wants to play another year. He said he doesn't know. Where that's going to be, obviously the Reds have some decisions to make. And then in turn, I'm sure he will also. But first off, what was your initial reaction hearing that Joey for sure wanted to play one more year? Well, my first reaction was great um, because that's the first domino that had to fall uh, in order for him to return for uh, another season and possibly a final season in Cincinnati. So um, so that's good news. I did not – yeah, the truth of the matter is um, – whether it comes back to Cincinnati or not. Um, I did not want to see his career end, I guess, or his Cincinnati career end the way it ended this year um, in, a, in a couple ways. He got a couple of really nice ovations this year, and the fans really showed him some love that they should have been showing him for the last 20 years, 17 years or whatever. Um, and, and that was nice, but there was no real formal acknowledgement of the career of literally – one of the greatest Cincinnati Reds of all time. I mean, there's no no argument that can be made that he's not one of the greatest Cincinnati Reds of all time. Um, and so, so I didn't want to see it end without a, some sort of a, a recognition of that career and celebrate him a little bit. Now, he probably doesn't want that because that seems to be the way he is. Um, but that's, you know, whatever. I, as, as a fan, I think I felt like the city of Cincinnati and the franchise, the, the Reds franchise owed that to him. So that was my first thought was, Okay, good. At least we're going to have a chance. We're going to get it. And 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 the other part of that is we get to see him play again, <laughs> which I like watching Joey Votto play. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I start thinking about, well, is he going to come back to Cincinnati? Well, the Reds try to bring him back. Um, 
And then I got a little bit, not bummed, but um, concerned, maybe. I don't know. I just, I don't trust the Reds, I think is what it comes down to. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be, if this plays out and he doesn't come back, then it's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna really suck that we didn't get to properly say goodbye as Reds fans because just like you just said, one of the greatest players in franchise history, and one of the franchises that has the most rich history in all of Major League Baseball. So I started thinking about it, and we were kind of shooting some text messages back and forth this morning. You know, Joey didn't start two of those last three regular season games. Thought that was. We all we were all complaining about that. We were pretty loud and upset about that. No no secrets around here. If you're Joey Votto, who said all 2023, I'm not coming back till I'm ready because this is an audition. I think I can play. I'll retire when I don't think I can be a regular contributor. What do you think that does to Joey when he's entertaining? coming back potentially for a lesser salary when his manager, when, you know, Joey might've been hurt. We don't know, but if he was healthy, his managers didn't start him in two of the three most important games of the season. And not only didn't start him, but did start Nick Martini. (laughs) The immortal Hate, hate on Joey Votto. All you want. We can agree to disagree about whether or not he should have been getting those at-bats. We can agree to disagree on whether or not he should come back next year. We can all agree that Nick Martini shouldn't have been getting those at-bats. I agree. So I agree. What, do, what do you think, if anything, that could do to his mindset when he goes into this extremely unique position for him? Yeah, you know, this is all just rank speculation. Um, I don't know Joey Votto. I uh, don't claim to. Uh, I wrote a really great feature piece about him though for the magazine once um but um flex and 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 these things that we're talking about about the way david bell kind of jerked him around a little bit i felt like at the end of the year those things may me it may not mean anything to joey uh, like i said maybe he was hurt you know um who, who knows maybe, maybe other things are more important than that maybe that's just us projecting a little bit but i gotta tell you if you're if you're looking for, I mean, I think everyone acknowledges that if Joey, wherever Joey plays next year, it's going to be in a, a diminished role uh, in terms of what he's used to, right? You're going to platoon him a little more. Um, you're going to pick and choose your spots to use him. You're going to rest him. He's not to DH him uh, more maybe than you would. So if if we accept that he's going to have to take some sort of a lesser role, although I don't put it past Joey to take that lesser role, just bang again and then all of a sudden he's back to having a, a, a full-time role because that just that would be oh boy that would be classic so classic happy. Votto but um so so maybe if Joey knows that he's gonna have to take a little bit of a lesser role um maybe the David Bell stuff matters because it's an indication that um even here in what might be my final three games with the Reds or my final week with the Reds I can't get in the lineup is this the way this guy who just signed a new contract is this the way now, and again, the other part is again, I want to stress this is speculation. He may have a great relationship with David Bell. I don't know, <laughs> but um, it wasn't a it wasn't like David Bell was putting on the uh rolling out the red carpet trying to convince the Reds to keep him uh for next year. Uh, again, that's all speculation. Listen, if um, 
if I catch wind that David Bell is going to put Nick Martini in the lineup in 2024 over Joey Votto, the Fire David Bell chants are coming back, and they're coming back loud. But obviously, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Now, the well, one thing, and the I, one thing, I'm, go ahead. No, so go the ahead. one thing, the one thing that can take, you know, the decision out of his hands is the Reds just pick up the option. If the Reds pick do the, the right option. thing and pick up the option, then Joey's back. So pick up the option, you cowards. Um, what were you gonna say? Yeah. Uh, if if I felt like, and again, you're right. If they pick up the option, he's here. But if they don't pick up the option, um, there's, uh, you know, th- there will be some negotiation. I'm guessing uh, for because they'll have to pay him seven million anyway. That's the buyout. So th- I'm sure there'll be some negotiation about um, trying to bring him back. Whether the Reds are serious about the negotiation, I don't know. Whether Joey's serious about it because he wants to go somewhere. If I felt like he's going to be losing at bats on a regular basis to Nick Martini next year, I would probably, as much as I hate to do it, I'd probably say, Joey, you got to go find some place where you can be on a winning organization. Uh, on a winning team that is uh, committed to at least giving you regular at-bats and not batting you behind one of the most obscure. He's already an obscure former Red, Nick Martini. So uh, I'd probably advise me of that. Something interesting, though, this week that makes me think that the Reds are going to make a, a real push to bring him back. Now, I don't know if that means picking up the option. I think it could which, mean pick up the option. Which they can afford. Oh, my goodness. The people that are uh, – I'm sorry. I'm not even, I'm not even going to say yeah. that. I feel like I'm saying what – I'm yelling at straw man here today. There are people that say dumb things, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, they have the money. They have one player under contract for next season. One. Hunter Green. If, if you look at what they have committed for next year, including you know, arbitration, minimum salaries for uh, the rest of the – $34 million is their payroll. Okay, the Reds have spent in excess of 100 million before. They can spend a lot of money, and the 20 million dollars to bring Joey Votto back, you may not think he's worth it because you don't like Joey Votto. You never have, and now you got your opportunity to uh, to, to say it. But I'm talking to you, Nate. You never liked Joey Votto, and it's I don't. Just, it's this. just Canadians in general. Once he got his American citizenship, he was he was good by me. Excellent point. Excellent point. Um, even they could bring him back. They could bring him back for 25 million. And still have a ton of money to turn to really make this uh, maybe not a powerhouse team, but they got a lot of money to go to go and play with out there. So, but but so I think the Reds are going to be. I don't feel. I don't know if they'll pick up the option. I do think they're going to be serious about. Um, and this is a, sort of an educated guess. I think they're going to be serious about at least trying to bring him back um, and not just a token uh, a token offer. Because I don't know if you saw this piece in the Cincinnati Enquirer this week. But uh, Gordon, whatever his name is, uh, Gordon Whitmire wrote this piece about the economics of bringing Joey back. And, of course, when we think of the economics of bringing Joey back, most of us are going to think, well, what does that mean you know, for money for the rest of the, the, the roster? Well, obviously, it's not a thing. It's just not a thing this year of all years. This is the one year the Reds can afford to, even if they're overpaying for Votto. But they had some really interesting quotes from Karen Forgus. Now, Karen Forgus is the Reds' vice president for business operations. Um, uh, I met her years ago. She's actually the one person in the Reds organization that I actually think is uh, is uh, not just competent, but really good at her job. Um, she's been there for a while. Um, 
and she has some really interesting quotes. And one was this fans follow individual players as much as teams, especially this day and age, the equity for a Cincinnati Reds fan, what we hold to be true about our players. He is that guy, self-made self-disciplined focused on the greater good on winning. He just fits everything our fan base loves. And uh, there's another quote here. Uh, the economics are there. Forgus said in terms of his, the, the quote, the kind of power and value Joey Votto's brand has and the sales from Jersey. So like that, the economics are there, says, says Forgus. And um, so, and, and, and basically, you know, if he leaves, yeah, we're going to save some money, but we're also going to lose some, some revenues as well. Um, she said, if he wasn't there with us in 23, there wouldn't be a Votto city connect Jersey. Yeah, the minute he leaves your arsenal, you lose your ability to offer that reason for people to come to the ballpark. So, um, anyway, does that mean they're absolutely going to pick up the option? No, but I saw someone say, I can't remember who it was, but I thought it was a pretty interesting uh, comment, which is that I don't know that the Reds would have allowed her to go say those things if it wasn't a real possibility that he's coming back. So, ultimately, just pick up pick up the uh, option, you cowards. Pick up the option. Um one little, one last little thing on Joey before we pivot away. We did have a Patreon viewer mail question that touched on this, and I think it's worth acknowledging. We've talked about it before, but it's worth talking about again. Um, as always, he's come from our friends and family over at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. This question is by, uh, from Gary Hilliard. He said, earlier this year, Will Benson credited Joey Votto for his improvement at the plate this season and for turning around his major league career. This shows that Votto is talking batting philosophy and strategy to the younger players. With Benson, Marte, De La Cruz, Steer, McLean, and Encarnacion Strand on the roster, paying Votto $13 million, which would be the $7 million buyout, so the difference in that and the $20 million, $13 million, to talk batting strategy over an entire season to this young core seems like a fantastic investment. Can you think of an investment the Reds could make that would cost $13 million or less that could have more of a positive impact on the franchise over the next five years? And I just think this is a fantastic question. I think the answer is obvious. I don't think in professional sports you can spend $13 million to impact an entire roster of incredible young talent, more so than somebody like Joey Votto, a legend, a willing and able legend sitting beside him. And talking about the game, teaching these guys how to be pros. That's that's how I feel. Great question, Gary. Any thoughts? It is, a, it is, yeah, it is a great question. I don't know how you quantify it. I don't, you know, thirteen million. I don't know how you quantify what the value of that would be. Clearly, there would be some value, as we saw from from Will Benson. And if you go look at the uh, you know the last like month of the season, uh, go look at the quotes uh, at uh, you know at Reds.com and at the Athletic and at Cincinnati.com, um, the Inquirer. Look at the quotes for because those are the places that transcribe quotes. Um, go look and see what the the kids said about Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Every one of them. Um, if they have a vote, he's he's back. Now, how does that translate into value for the organization? I don't know if it's thirteen million. Now, part of that thirteen million is going to be that Joey Votto is going to come back, and Joey Votto, you know, is still still has some pop in his bat. Okay, he's not the player he was in two thousand ten or two thousand twelve. But there's no doubt in my mind that if used correctly um, and and used often, and if he's healthy, I think that's the biggest thing. If Joey Votto's healthy, I think he's going to hit. Um, I really do. I mean, I I believe that with every fiber of my being. So, is it worth the 13 billion? Well, it is to me. Um, 
it is to me as a fan. Of course, it's not a lot of my money, first of all. But uh, those, That's but but point. if you <laughs> right, if you think though that he's not going to hit and uh, enough to justify twenty million or really thirty million, we're talking about because he's going to get the seven either way um, for the buyout. Uh, if you think it's not worth that, at least you have to acknowledge that there's some amount of value that his leadership would bring. His uh, the way he's approached his game for so many years. I mean, that's what the, the discussions with Will Benson were all about: pregame, you know, preparation approach. I mean, it's um, yeah, no, no shade to Joel McKeithen or whoever. Like, you're not getting that same input from your hitting coach as you are from the Hall of Famer. Right, it's just right. not the same thing. The guy that's done it, yeah. And and listen, here, how about this? When Nick Martini starts on opening day next year, we fire David Bell and install Joey Votto as player manager. I love. Let's it. just do that. And then we fire Nick Martini. <laughs> well, we'll trade him to someone so he has a chance to uh, chase his dreams elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Nick Martini is catching a lot of the strays that were meant for David <laughs> <Yes>. Bell. So <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, Nick, sorry. Nick, Nick Martini tried really hard this year and had some good moments. I don't dislike Nick Martini. <laughs> not his fault. Not he his didn't fault. deserve that. He did. I'll skip ahead here. There was a tiny little bit of news that we should touch on. The uh, the Reds designated for assignment five players. Gary Buse. I mean, sorry, Alan Busenitz, Brett Kennedy, Connor <laughs> Overton. Vladimir Gutierrez, and then your favorite, Justin Dunn. Do you feel any sort of way about any of those guys? Uh, yeah. I mean, they got to bring Justin Dunn back. Just, you know, I mean, Justin Dunn will be back. There's no question. Uh, because he's, uh, his brother's really good at college basketball. His brother's going to be a first round draft pick uh, in next year's NBA draft. Just, you heard it here first. You didn't hear it here first. You heard it on ESPN and the Athletic and everywhere. His brother's really good at college basketball um i don't remember who he plays for but he i think it's a pretty good team um justin dunn's got enough of an arm that he's yeah you know, there it's I, I understand the designated for assignment but i don't know that he's gonna ha- he he may choose have they already i think he elected free agency he's already elected free agent i didn't see that okay well yeah, that doesn't quote me on that back. but yeah of course where else was he going to get a better opportunity if he's healthy this thing needs, needs arms they need all the arms so, yeah. So okay, I, I, that's I, I didn't see the news uh, that uh, he had actually elected free agency. Also, uh, you know, Gary Boosinists, Um I, ha- I hate to lose that guy just because we. It's fun to to call him that. <laughs> yeah, great actor too. Yeah. Awesome. awesome what do you think about but? Yeah. What is that? Let's talk about the butter salt, buttered sausage. Have you seen that clip? <laughs> the AI. <laughs> You've not seen the yeah. buttered sausage. That's got to no. be the title of this episode. What about the, the buttered sausage? You've got to look that up. Gary Busey buttered sausage. I know what um, I'm doing when we hang up. Oh my goodness. It is going to make you laugh. So um, I wish I'd have had that clip. So yeah, the rest, of, you know, whatever. Connor Overton, it was nice, you know, knowing you. I don't expect much out of him. Glad you did. had a little, story. little bit of a run, but yeah. Tommy John um, missed all season. Yeah. Yeah. So the 40 man is currently at 38 because Nixon, Zell, Graham, Ashcraft, and Reaver San Martin are on the 60 day DL. There are five other free agents that are currently on the 40 man. Joey that we just talked about, Kirk Sally, who also has an option, Harrison Bader, Buck Farmer, and Luke Maley are all free agents. So assuming, and let's let's just for the sake of this conversation, assume that Joey, and I'm going to throw out Luke Maley, 
come back. I'm 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 pro Luke Maley. That leaves five spots. People are going to get injured, and that 60 day DL is going to be a be a merry go round. They have the 40 man space now to go out and get some dudes. They've got the money to get some dudes. They've got the expectations, and they've got the fan base behind it. They got no excuses. That's the only thing they don't have is excuses. Go do it. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing uh, for all the, uh, well, next year's our year. There, Next year, there will be no, um, there, there will be no excuses. That's the word, I guess. No excuses. There, There's no leeway for Nick Crawl. Okay. Yeah. If they screwed up, if they screwed up this time around, well, I'm sure some people, and we know who they are, will try to defend him, uh, the, the, the usual suspects, but, I mean, you know, you, you you sat on your hands saying this is the year, so go do it. Um, Edwin Arroyo, can I just say this here? Edwin Arroyo, I hope Edwin Arroyo has a long and productive major league career. I want nothing but the best for that young man. He works hard. He can hit the ball uh, well. And I hope he is extremely successful in his life and career. I wish no ill will to him. If he is wearing a uniform of uh, – uh, of a red Cincinnati Reds affiliate or in spring training next year, the Cincinnati Reds, if he is on opening day, still a member of this organization, then I'm just going to, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders. <laughs> I'm going to be like, ah, business as usual. That, I'm gonna that guy needs to be gone. Complain about it on a podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Trade him. Stop hugging him. Okay. There's, he had a great season. He's got some capital, uh, some asset value. Absolutely started slow. Now his um that that, that prospect has never been higher. His value's never been higher. And there's nowhere for him to play. There's yeah. nowhere for him to play. If you I get you want to hang on to him, you think he's great. Where are you gonna play him? Who you send him to the bench? Maybe they decide he's majorly ready and they want to trade Matt McClain. Sure. Do that. No, whatever. I don't care. Trade Somebody's gotta go and this team's gotta get better if they have a chance to content at all trade them uh, all and get some, good, get some good prospects back that's what ooh, ooh, ooh. prospect for prospects i love it love it um only other news chat is that reds fest is back baby december 1st and 2nd somewhere in cincinnati because that's how those things work take your kids get one of the grab bags meet your idols i don't know i hope joey Votto's there any thoughts on red fest i know that you've been a few times right Oh, love Red Reds Fest. Always been a good time. One of the best things that uh, the organization does. And no, I won't be there. Um, you know, I, I I'm back. I'm back on my boycott. Uh, um, now they bring Joey back. Hold on. I'm probably just. I, I'm going to end it. I'm, I'll be there plenty next year. There's no question about that. But no, I'm not going to make it the Reds Fest this year. I don't want to listen to. You know, they, they probably won't let Phil Castellani talk. I can't imagine they let him talk. You know, usually. Nick Crawl will talk, and that's always fun. But um, no, it's a good event. If you have kids, you need to go. I, I, I you know, stay. I'm boycotting. But if you got kids, get down there. We had a blast uh, with my kids. So yeah, I'm pro Reds Fest. Well, speaking of Nick Crawl and people that shouldn't talk and people that shouldn't have a platform, it seems like a good time to get into some viewer mail questions. Because I tell you, what, these ragamuffins do not deserve the platform that we give them, and they should be very thankful. Just kidding. We love all you guys. 
As always, these viewer mail questions come from our friends and family at patreon.com slash riverfront, since you where you too can join the family. Our first question, Chad, and this is need some context here. It's from Kyle Kapler. The Slack channel was going off today. A little hot. So it, was, it usually slows down a little bit in the off season, and I can tell how busy it's been when I open it up and it's like 20 plus messages you need to read, 40 plus messages you need to read. That doesn't happen in the off season. I opened it up this morning, and there was a spirited, spirited debate about the merits of Creed and Nickelback. Because apparently the Diamondbacks are, or was it the Rangers? It's the Rangers are using Creed to get them pumped up pregame, whatever works. Kyle Capo asks, what Creed song should the Reds use next year to fire themselves up? Reds will soar, says Kyle. Hilarious fashion. Sorry if I butchered that. Do you have a Creed <laughs> song in mind, Chad? Yeah, um, uh, they should use One Last Breath. Ooh. And the reason I said that is because I don't know a single Creed song. Uh, so I, I actually Googled best Creed songs, and that's what some site said was the best Creed song. One Last Breath. And I said, man, it made sense, you know, I guess. I don't know. Joey Votto's final breath as a major league player. Whatever. I don't know any Creed songs. They might be great, but I, I don't know anything about them. Yeah, so I think that the pump-up song is going to be higher. Can You Take Me Higher? Maybe that should be dedicated to Nick Crawl. Can't he take this roster any higher? Now, from the fan standpoint, I think it's my own prison. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. that, does, that doesn't need to be explained. All right. That's good. Next question from Joey Gaditza. Will the Reds add a catcher? Stay classy, Riverfront. I did ask them to submit Ron Burgundy-themed questions if they felt so inclined. So stay classy, Cincinnati. Are the Reds um, going to get another catcher? I, I'll jump in first. I don't think so. I think they will go out. I, I can see him bringing back Luke Maley, like I just said, and they're going to give Tyler Stevenson another chance at it. He's cheap, and he's shown that he could do it before. He needs to improve on his defense, in my opinion, but I want to give him another shot. If they do go get another catcher, I'm totally open to it. Let me throw mm -hmm. that out there. But do I expect yeah. that? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Um and I think that uh, Stevenson is is going to be fine. I think I do think he's going to be an average to above average hitter. I just do. I think I think we saw that in the second half. I just I don't know what happened. He was twenty six though. You know, he's a kid still, and not really a, a kid uh, too much longer in th baseball terms. But uh, I, I don't think they're going to go get. Although actually, I think they're going to probably go try to get two or three because they like to keep as many catchers as possible on the roster. Yeah, good so, point. Um, I don't think they're going to be seeking to upgraded catcher but if something's there they should be open to it you should be trying to upgrade at every position and that is a position they could potentially upgrade but you say that but not, not a lot of not a lot of hard-hitting catchers yeah. out there so i'm okay with it I, you know i mean um his his uh his catching uh you know the catching duo has to have at least one person that's a good defensive catcher and so i'm okay with him handcuffing him to melee or whoever Hey, if it improves the ball club, do it. I'm for it. Um, next question comes from Eric Market. If the Reds decide to actually spend money and improve the roster, what starters and should they what starters should they look to sign or trade for? Would love to see Sonny Gray back. Also, would not be opposed to Mikey Biceps. I would love to see either of those guys back, Chad. I don't know about you. Should have never left, at least Sonny Gray. Um Eric, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna cheat a little bit here. I'm gonna take the easy way out. We are gonna do a 
much more fun and focused deep dive into this in the coming weeks. I think we're going to try to get a little panel and do a put a budget together and do a free agent draft for uh, Red's potential targets. So I'm going to say stay tuned. Any quick thoughts, Jeff? No, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of names out there. And uh, if we're talking free agent, you know, there are obviously Senator Graybring. I, I wish we'd have had Michael Lorenzen uh, for the last two months of the season. But again, here we go. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think we'll get into that a little bit more. There are not a ton of names that jump out at me necessarily um, on, on the free agent list. There are a few. And again, we, we'll, we'll get into those. Um, but I want to, I'm not sure they'll get the best value if you're looking for pitchers via the free agent market. So I, I think we're going to talk about free agents at some point and we can talk about them now, but I think the, the, the better chance is going to be who can they get in acquiring trade. And so no idea what names that might be. You know, really, you'd have to really do a deep dive uh, for that. So, um, but, you know, bring back Sonny Gray and Jose Rijo and Mario Soto, and let's go win this thing. That's Johnny like Cueto. I love it. Spencer Strider. Go get Spencer Strider. Oh, my goodness. Please, please, please. Even though he's not going to pitch next year, maybe a we'll, little maybe, maybe we'll Shohei. Get a little, get a little Shohei for you. There you go. All right, next question is Rich Thompson. Rich says, Dear Chad and Nate, we all know that you're both kind of big deals. It's true, Rich. But if we ask your mom, who would she say is the bigger deal? You want to take this first? Because it's the easy yeah. answer. Yeah, I am the bigger deal because I've really put on a little bit of weight lately. And so I'm <laughs> I'm much bigger than Nate. I'm, I hate to admit it, but it's just a fact. So, yes, I am much bigger than Nate. Uh, for different reasons, I also... So like Chad, <laughs> I don't Not think true. there's a, there's a love gap, but I'm the baby Chad's the oldest. So there's always going to be a different relationship there. And I'm not the big deal relationship. That's for the oldest. I don't know. Next, also changes with the weather. Next question comes from Andrew Williams. He says, we actually have brothers rankings that we talk about in the brothers group chat. So it does change pretty often. There's a, there's a leaderboard. Yeah, there are four of us, and so, uh, yeah, it, it changes often. Um, next question from Andrew Williams. Say the Reds win a big game one day. Just, just one big game. I love the expectations. Just, just one. Just you get one. the opportunity to hit the town for a night with a few of the boys. You need one of each. The guy who can throw a few back and hang with, a wingman to hype you up, the guy to have your back in case you run into some trouble, and the wild card to make sure that, for better or worse, there won't be a dual moment. Who are you rolling with? Okay, so I, I'm assuming these are going to be current Reds. I, mean, I think is that what we're saying, or Reds at least uh, who we expect might be on the team next year, or, or can they be anyone? Because you know Nick Castellanos might be the guy you want, uh, but he, uh, if you're out on the town, but I don't know if he's actually, uh, you know, um, available here. So, so tell me what our parameters are, Nate. Are we just talking about potential Reds who have just won that big game theoretically? I'm going to say yeah, people that we expect to be on the roster next year with slight caveats that you can use historical players if there is a reasonable likelihood that they would be in Cincinnati to celebrate this big game. Oh, okay. I like it. All right. So let's go with the first one. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, nope, absolutely. This is where I want to start. 
the reason I had that caveat oh. is for the first one. The guy you could throw a few back oh. and hang with. I just want Adam Dunn to be on this list. Oh, 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 that's <laughs> clearly Dunner. He'll be double yeah. fisting Bud Lights, you know, and oh, it's going to be legendary. That's right. There you go. That's clearly Adam Dunn. So we're going to do that. Is there anyone on the current roster though that you that you seems like that type of guy? Um, I mean, I'm after his rookie of the year campaign, Jonathan India was painting the town red. No pun intended. He had a beard in his hand at all the all the tailgates and events. So I think he's a contender. Who else are you thinking? Uh, you know, Graham Ashcraft seems like oh, a, yeah. a guy. Bum a dip from him. <laughs> Bum a dip from guess, him. Guess Copenhagen. What about Ian Jabot? I bet that guy. Yeah. I bet that guy's had an IPA or two in his time. No, I bet. It, no, I bet he's Miller Light or Coors Light. I bet he's he's probably drinking gin. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah, it's got an old fashioned in the bullpen out there. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's who. That's who I would pick. Um, I tell you who I would not pick: Brandon Williamson. <laughs> I just—he doesn't seem like a guy you're going to want to go throw a few. He's a perfectly uh, crumbling guy, but I don't know. I just I don't. Yeah, he's not Adam Dunn. So. He's not at the top of my list. Um, All right, what's the next? A wing, a wingman to hype you up. A hype man. So somebody that is not very selfish. They're not going to be trying to make it all about them. Um. But they got to be confident enough to go over and talk to the ladies and say, hey, this is my boy. He's got the goods. So for this, I have to go with the consummate team player. So I've got, I've got my choice in mind. What's your thought process here? Well, no, I think you're right. I think who's the who's the guy that uh, – well, my first thought was it was Jonathan India because he sort of started the, you know, uh, the, the, the Viking nonsense and, the, you know, hyping everybody up, and he was – so if you think about it in that those terms, but I like the way you're coming at it. And I think probably the guy that's going to be unselfish, that is, uh, but, but, but that would, would have your back and could actually, you know, could do, do some things. I think it's TJ Friedel. Who I've got. Ooh, I'm going like TJ Friedel. I like, um, it. I think TJ Friedel would, uh, would lay a bump for you, uh, whatever it takes. So that's what I'm going yeah. with. Who, who do you have? That's a good choice. I'm going to go with Spencer Steer. He's yeah, proven about that it. he'll, he'll do whatever the team wants. He'll do what's best, and he doesn't care about getting his own. So Spencer's just my my wingman, uh, the guy to have your back in case you run into some trouble. Um, that's a good. I'm just gonna go straight up. I want I want Graham Ashcraft in this role. He just seems like he'd be ready for a scrap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's. I'm trying to think of anyone else on the team. I bet, Ale- I bet Alexis Diaz could. Come out and show you something. Probably, and he'd have that uh, great uh, uh, the trumpets blaring when he comes in. Um, you you know who's uh, sort of a wild card here? Nick Martini. Have you seen his guns? That's true. <laughs> I just wanted to mention Nick Martini. <laughs> hey, we like we we gotta have bangs on him. So <laughs> we have to have an excuse to keep him around. I love it. <laughs> um, let's go, with Graham Ashcraft, on that one. All right, and well, the last the one, I think there's only there's only one name. Go ahead. What's the last uh, category? The wild card to make sure that there's never a dull moment. Who you got, Andrew? This is a great question. Loved it. Uh, but this is Ellie De La Cruz. I, could it be? I mean, he's not even old enough to, to drink. I don't think. But it's got to be Ellie De La Cruz. I don't. Who else could it be? It's got to be Ellie. Hundred percent. No other question. I love it. All right. Our last question is from Seth Shaner. 
I said, a Facebook group I'm a part of asked the question of what your first baseball card was. Mine was a 1987 pack of Tops League Leaders mini cards. In that pack, I got a Dave Parker and was hooked. If you've been a card collector, what was your first card that sucked you in? Do you have an answer for this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was opening packs as a kid. We were outside. We had just uh, ridden our bikes down to the uh, Five and Dime and uh, and uh, bought a pack of pack of baseball cards and i got a got a mickey mantle rookie card see because because i'm old <laughs> no uh i i am old and so uh but but for me it was 1984 uh that was when i first started collecting baseball cards and i can't say i'm a huge collector of baseball cards but there's a while though where i was as a kid i was obsessed with it even in my teenage years and to the point of uh went to a few the card shows were a big thing at that time and um went to a few card shows sold a few um but uh, but the first card I really remember is or being excited about getting was Mario Soto. I just uh, Mario Soto was like the only good red, <laughs> you know, at that time in my mind because uh, they just coming off that horrible nineteen eighty three season, and so uh, that's the one when I got him. I was excited, so excited, way more excited than I was when I got the uh, the Ron Oster card <laughs> or the Raphael Lendestoy. No, that was the year before, I think. I don't think I ever had that one. Anyway, uh, nah, Atlanta story was with the Reds in 80, 84, Tops said. So. But it was Mario Soto. Yeah. I don't remember my first card. I was just like, I don't have any memories of that first, opening that first pack. I just only have memories of having baseball cards. I think you indoctrinated me early. I do remember getting really excited for any Barry Larkin cards those first couple of years. And then when I was five, getting a Chris Sabo card, that was a big deal for me. Big Sabo fan. Definitely. All right. My, my favorite card was either the 87 Tops, uh, Barry Larkin or Eric Davis. Those are the two, two yeah. just perfect cards. So anyway, that's baseball card talk. All right. Well, Chad, I think that's about going to wrap it up for us. Do you have any parting thoughts, words of wisdom, anything to leave our listeners and viewers wanting more? Uh, not really, except that. Um, yeah. No, I think I do. I, I think. You know, I'm still going to keep uh, whining about uh, what happened at the trade deadline because I just, I'm nothing if not a broken record. But I do mean this with all sincerity. There has never been, uh, you know, we, we've never had in front of us a potentially more exciting offseason than what we're about to see. And it could be really really exciting. And we're going to learn a lot about Nick Crawl and whether he's just good at, uh, you know, trading assets for prospects, which he did well. Um, he's never really been able to acquire major league talent, you know, um, yet. And that, that doesn't mean that he can't. We're going to find out how creative he can be and how uh, how well he can manage a roster that has very clear flaws, um, holes that clearly need to be, need to that everyone knows need to be uh, filled including other teams. And so how he's able to accomplish that to, to fill in the gaps around this really talented team, it's going to be fun. And I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to usually around this time of year. I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I just, I'm, I need to break. Uh, we talk, <laughs> talk about it every week. Um, and, uh, but there are going to be real things to talk about this winter. I really believe that. And so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to, be, to talk about Creed at the in the uh, Slack channel too. So yeah, that's why I would stay tuned is because I think there could be some fun stuff. As soon as the World Series ends, we're gonna get a Vado decision soon, and then it's gonna be mm -hmm. it's gonna be on. Yeah. 
I could not have said that better myself. Um, other than that, I don't have anything uh, else to add other than to say, please go check out all the other cool stuff that we have going on over at the, here at the Riverfront. Uh, Tim Daniel and Ben Brown over at Late Night Reds are still going to be coming at you every Sunday. Joe and Greg are still pumping out um, Bengal Show episodes on Wednesdays. Should be dropping on Thursdays. Who day? And things look good last week, so maybe they're they back. Joe Burrow look like he's back. So we're excited about that and super pumped about um, the guys over at Riverfront U. So Tim and Ryan are over there. The Ryans, I should say, bringing you content. All the things you need to know here and love about University of Cincinnati, Xavier University, and Northern Kentucky University. So they're going to be bringing those um, two or three episodes a week. So lots of content. Check out the website, riverfrontcincy.com. Join us on Patreon. We love you. Subscribe, follow, do all that stuff. Tell your friends. Send tweets. Quote tweet with eggplants and thumbs ups. Thank you to everyone. <laughs> So, shout out to Adam Dunn, shout out to Lisa Alberto, and Wayne Crinchicki, and even Eli Cash. For Chad Dotson and Travis Jankowski, this is Nate Dotson saying so long. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.